Soon to be Canadian legend. <laughs> we got Kala from the band Kitsune. Is that how you say the band's name even too? Kitsune. Kitsune. Is yeah. Kitsune, very, we're learning. Very Asian inspired. It's Japanese for fox. Awesome. Is that why you got the tattoo, man? Is that that or is that Okami? Uh, no, that is a Kitsune mask I have on my right hand. Awesome. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think the word Kitsune just goes back pretty far with me. It has some pretty s- significant meaning in my own personal life. Very cool, because like, uh, I initially noticed the band just luck luck of the draw. It came across my Google Play recommend list. I clicked it and instantly have been absolutely fucking loving it, man. And I just wanted to reach out and see if we could get you on here, because I went to the website and I was like, all right, Canadian. Okay, I can dig that. Canadian, but I know that you had mentioned to me earlier, you're from Kelowna originally, but now owning your craft out in LA. How did that come about? Give me some background, some history to you, man. Yeah, so um, I, my work outside of music is in the esports industry, so competitive gaming, and I've coached professional teams for a couple years and managed teams as well. And uh, eventually through that work, I got picked up by an organization out of Los Angeles called Cloud9 Esports. They're like one of the top tier, or we're like one of the top tier esports organizations in the world. And um, they offered me a job and a visa, and the rest is history. That is, yeah, rest is history. But that sounds insane <laughs> to me. Like, <laughs> how, how did you, how did you get involved with those guys? They just saw you. Like, like, how, how does one get involved in the esports? Yeah, um, like for me, it was just I was in school um, studying network and telecom engineering, and okay. uh, I went to school basically just because I wanted to make my family happy kind of thing nobody else in my family ever went to school so and my parents just talked about it so much growing up and i knew a lot about computers so i'm like fuck it i'm just gonna can i swear on this all the fucking time okay yeah i'm just gonna (laughs) i'm gonna go to school so i went to school and you know how it is like you're always looking for other things to fill your time with um and i just wanted to make some educational videos about a video game that i was playing a lot of and the game you were playing at the time uh, Heroes of the Storm. It's a MOBA like League of Legends. If you, I'm not yeah, sure yeah, how yeah, familiar yeah. you guys are yep. with gaming, but totally, yep. yeah. Um, so it was Heroes of the Storm, and I just started playing a lot of it and started making like educational content on YouTube, and then eventually I started casting and uh, and and all of my content was focused on coaching. And uh, one time I just asked a amateur team that didn't have any sponsors if I could coach them and managed them and they accepted and then I used that experience and we qualified for a land tournament in California so traveled down to California and competed in the land got our asses handed to us oh my god we got actually destroyed but the experience was what was worthwhile because then I got um, like I saw opening at another team and applied for them and I got that job and worked with them for a couple years and and then we we started getting really good and you know competing across the world and uh you know, coming closest fourth place at an international tournament. Like it's not, you know, there, there's just better teams out there at the time, but right. we definitely climbed up and started performing way better than we were otherwise. And then uh, Blizzard, the company that makes the game, kind of just pulled the plug on their game and their competitive scene. So all of us were sort of out of jobs, but um, yeah. And then I got reached out to by Cloud9 Esports and because uh, they heard that I was looking for work and that they needed a manager and yeah they i submitted my application everything like that did the interview process and i guess just because of the experience and how attuned i am with the whole environment because i've been going to lands for so long now and i've just like had my foot in blizzard the game company uh their their whole competitive scene so i knew a lot of the contacts and everything like that and it just worked out well and we picked up a world of warcraft team and and i'm a streamer as well so i managed the stream team because i'm familiar with that I'm just like, yeah, very involved in the whole, the whole esports world. 
Yeah, yeah man, you got the, really your cool. finger on the pulse of like what's kind of going on for you know people your age. How old are you, Gal? If you don't mind me asking. I'm 29. 29. See, so like you're not even that far off from us, but man, like it's so hard to like stay in in with that stuff and. It's just so impressive to see all the things you're doing, and it's hard for me to grasp my head around sometimes. Like, like when you're saying, "Yeah, I got my resume." They asked, you know, if I was, you know, looking for work, and you're just like, "Work as like training in esports." It's just so cool to see that people, you know, give it the credit it deserves. It's it's like realistically a viable opportunity for people to go into. It sounds like. Oh, absolutely! It's a billion-dollar industry. There's plenty of. Um, jobs and competition, like, and the thing is with esports right now, you can, you can just start up your own team, or you can do what I did and just reach out to teams that don't have managers and ask to manage them and like work with the team to get better. And then as they get better, you get more opportunities. Sometimes you can pick up sponsors and stuff like that. Like it's really, it's possible to work your way into it from pretty much anyone with enough hard work. Cool, man. That's great. And when you say managing, what's all involved in managing an esports team? Um, it depends on whether or not your team goes to lands. But if they do, you manage all of their travel, um, all of their accommodations at the events. Whether the event organizer gives a contract, you're the one to look it over and, and pass off signing of it. You deal with all of their finances. You um, are basically the middleman between the organization and the team or players. So if a sponsor wants to do some sort of activation, like BMW wants to make a commercial and they want one of the players that I manage involved in it, I would you know make sure that they have all the information they need, what they're doing for the activation, where they need to be, all that jazz. You, you basically just facilitate the everyday life of players. Sounds like a That's lot really of responsibility cool. for sure. And going into that, is there any similarities uh, being a streamer versus being a musician? Like, like kind of getting it back to the music part of the aspect. Is there any similarities? Anything you've tricks and tips you've picked up along the way? I think probably just the fact that both are entertainment. Um, a lot of streaming and a lot of the streaming space is dominated by people who play characters or just like have specific personalities. And a lot of the time it is acting and that is... You know that's entertainment and it, it can be very taxing but as a musician you it's basically just the same thing just a performance in different aspects very cool and you mentioned like characters just being different and um is that sort of something you do for music do you find that it's more you know stories based on other thing are you very personal with what you put out there uh i'm very personal with my music i almost every one of my songs is a story that has happened in my life or something that i've encountered um whereas like on stream i don't play a character it's just me you know i've laughed on stream i've cried on stream of yeah i've just it's just me that's wild because i, I saw a, like in your twitter bio i believe it said uh it's, it's just like music means like pretty much everything you're just like giving back um and you write music to help help yourself out has that been a big part of your life, like, growing up from, you know, when you're a kiddo to a 29-year-old Cala? Yeah, dude. Without music, I would be absolutely fucked. Like, <laughs> it is the biggest, like, I, it's my emotional coping mechanism for everything. It's crazy the difference in my, my, uh, feelings when I actually put time and effort into music. Sometimes I'll find myself, like, feeling so depressed and... And I'll realize I haven't sang in a few days. And then I'll sing and just everything transforms. I know that sounds kind of like cringe, but it's so true. No, it's no, actually that's... insane what music does for me and for so many people. Well, I mean, Absolutely. I'd put it to, to Joey here because he's the musician out of the, the group here for me, me and him. And, and how, how is that? You know, does that resonate with you, Joey, about when you take some time away and you haven't done anything <clears throat> musically for a while? Does that just like... Well yeah it's exactly like Kala said like I, I obviously can't fucking sing to save my life but I do um, I do hip hop and I write a lot of like conscious lyrics and shit like that but if I I've been getting pretty busy with the podcast which is great but I haven't had as much time to do music but certainly yeah I, I can get pretty pissed off and like <laughs> you know you feel, you feel like something's missing if you don't uh, keep up with your music for sure and I actually recorded a verse the other night so I was feeling pretty good again <laughs> Hell yeah. That's awesome. But I'm really stoked to hear that you say the lyrics are very, like, 
heartfelt fashion and come from you know your life because uh, upon hearing them and listening to a man like like you hear that emotion that's what initially attracted absolutely me that's what drew me in it's it's huge and like i just think about the newest single you released like dear mom like like if that's your story that is just like heart-wrenching but also cool that you have the opportunity to share that with people that are listening yeah that one i got in trouble <laughs> for writing my mom got super pissed oh really yeah really so like, she told me not to release it but well could you go into more as, as to the conflict that maybe it caused like you know are, are people constantly kind of listening to you like uh is there been concerns about some of the stuff that you write because it is so personal yeah definitely i've had friends reach out to me especially with my more recent stuff and just ask like hey are you going to kill yourself? I'm like, no, I'm not going to kill myself. Um, like people are concerned about that for some reason. And it's just, everybody has those moments of serious vulnerability where they just feel the most awful things or the voice in their head says awful things. And it's like, I just wanted to be real about that and write about it because it's something that I deal with. Um, and as far as Dear Mom is concerned, I just, they were experiences that i had growing up that i just never really dealt with before i don't think and they just kept coming up in my head so i had to write about them but yeah obviously it's about a specific person my mom if you didn't catch on but (laughs) but yeah so like she got pissed that i kind of put that in writing but uh i don't know we we just have to take care of ourselves right exactly and and what you do is similar to us like work with like work with a lot of kids and adolescents for like counseling and stuff where you know, I'm not comparing you to kids, but I'm comparing you to, like, you know, helping and, and getting over, like, grief in general. Having the opportunity. Some people write letters and, you know, rip them up and read them and do that. Because you have it, the opportunity to put it into, you know, music and words and share that story and have others, I think, really connect to that. Yeah, and I think it's like it's like you said, Kala, how, how people are, uh, they kind of check in on you to make sure you're all good and this and that. So I can... As, as a person who also kind of writes, you know, I guess what most would call dark or depressing shit, it's like, you know, if you're right like that, so you are okay. <laughs> yep. You know, if you weren't if you weren't writing that shit and keeping it inside and not, you know, having that outlet, then definitely there would be some cause for concern, but, you know. That's actually my response to half of those concerns, or the moment when I stop talking about it is when yep. you should be concerned. Awesome answer. And then with that, you know, moving forward, and just some of the music you're doing, um, has that always been the case, like, for influence, or has there been bands that have influenced you, and maybe you've taken things things from there? Um, actually, when I was first starting to write music, a lot of my songs were just, they were just like dreams I had or different stories that I thought of in my head and I just wanted to write those into songs because the bands that I had listened to growing or like at that specific point in my life when I started to write music weren't super you know emotional or sentimental they were just writing stories like really interesting stories and uh, I wanted to do the same but one time I went into studio with Jordan Chase he is the producer I use uh, sometimes and he he told me to start like reaching deeper into myself when I'm writing my lyrics like he he even suggested sometimes because I had been dealing with some very difficult things in my life at that point uh, like loss of family and stuff like that and I was really upset about it and I had never really written about that sort of stuff before and he encouraged me to he literally like said go home get pictures of that family member put them out on the on your bed get like the right lighting in your room maybe have a drink of wine or something and just like dig deep in yourself and start writing wow. and it was like some of the best advice i've ever been given and so i started doing that and it has been absolutely transformative for me like it just it feels so good to talk about that sort of stuff now it becomes kind of like is that is that kind of the approach you take now for everything you're writing you know like that's kind of like a ritual you do you know uh not necessarily no. um sometimes i feel like i need to write like that and other times i just i I don't think it requires that amount of personal digging sometimes it's just a little bit more surface level sure that lived experience comes out and you're like well i'm gonna take some of this and see what i can get out of it totally that's cool have you had 
uh, a lot of people reach out to you and just say, hey, a lot of the, what you're going through really resonates with me and really connects with me. Yes, and um, I... It, all I needed was one to, to like justify the amount of work I put into music for me. Like All I needed was one person, and anything more than that is just more than enough. Like it, it, It's just so amazing to know that I can make something that affects people positively like that and has helped them. If I, like I said, if I can even save one person from the shit they're going through, like it makes it worth it. It's such an amazing feeling. Oh yeah, so that's, that's, that's cool. I, I really see you reach out a lot, actually, just through Twitter. Like, that's the only access I've had to you because I'm not, I'm not a Twitch guy. I'm not on there often, seeing streams. But you know, when you have the down days, you're not afraid to be vulnerable and put it out there and have people talk about their vulnerabilities and say, "Hey, what are you guys dealing with?" Because I want to hear about it, and maybe we can share some of these experiences. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, social media is so crazy, right? There's so much bullshit that goes on on the internet I, I mean if you can have like any positive impact i think it's worth taking uh but yeah like I, i'm not afraid of of saying how i feel on my socials it sounds like you're a guy who's not afraid of kind of sharing those feelings and aside from like you know family members has that ever got you into some trouble here and there you know in relationships or just in general yeah i i definitely think so i I struggled with anger a lot growing up and I was a very, very angry person for most of my life. That was one that always just took me over and got me into a lot of trouble. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now how have things changed? How have, how have you become the wise 29 year old Calvin <laughs> that handles things today? Uh, I don't know. Just realizing that anger is literally just a choice, like a, a choice I make. I, I have to choose to swing my fist or I have to choose to yell. I'm not a monkey, right? Like, I literally have to make that decision and do it. Um, so upon realizing that, I, I realized just I have so much more control over the things I do and the things I say. And it took me way too long to realize that. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't think that's the case at all. I, I work with a lot of people that, you know, good 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, you, you're, you're figuring out things and learning as you go. And even though you said you got swamped at some video game competitions there i bet you learned a lot of things from those negative experiences for sure absolutely those are the ones that shape you man <laughs> definitely but man i want to kind of switch things up ask some more about back living in Kelowna, bc canadian you know canadian strong we're out in saskatchewan here you know our weather's a little different than the bc boys out there so how did you make the or well, how long did you live out in bc and how did you make you know i guess what did you kind of do growing up out there i'm just curious as to your canadian background yeah, I um, I was born in Kamloops, BC, and then my family moved us to Cranbrook, BC, for until like grade three or something, and then we moved to Vernon, BC. So oh, Vernon. just yeah, and that's kind of where I grew up. I went to school in Vernon, BC, and then um, when I went to college, I moved to Kelowna, and I worked for a long while in esports and my job and saved up money and bought a house in West Kelowna and so I now just have a house out here and that's where I am right now actually and okay. um, yeah and and that was before my offer to go to Los Angeles so I so I, I rent a place in Los Angeles and have my house in Kelowna that I can come back to whenever I want and uh, that's kind of my living setup. That's cool. But, the, only, the only place out in BC I've ever really been to was I've passed through places and been up to, oh, God, horseshit, Prince George. Ugh. <laughs> it's basically like Regina, but a little bit dirtier. Okay, <laughs> shout out to the Prince George music scene, okay? Is it good? Prince is George it good? is, okay. yes, it's banger, and my boys in The Burden are up there, and they kick ass. Okay, okay, is, it, is that a band, The Burden? The Burden, yeah, the Burden? they okay, kick so it. much ass. All right. We're going to name drop. Talent name dropped it for us. We're going to tag get him up. <laughs> I love those dudes. Right on. What kind of music do they play? What's the scene out there? Uh, it's it's very kind of post-hardcore, maybe metalcore. Their Ooh. band reminds me of if Under Oath kind of kept making music from like 2000, like their 2009 sort of style. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Right, well, we'll check that shit out. I guarantee man. <laughs> for sure. So, I mean, as much as it's... It's sort of like Regina. Regina was a shit city forever. Had a great music scene. But now, as Joey can attest to, he lives out there and used to work 
a lot of shows like bouncing and stuff. It's pretty terrible. Yeah, it's garbage now, guys. <laughs> but you know, in Canada, it's hard, man. It's even more garbage now since uh, COVID and all that shit. Yeah, Kala, how has your experience been with music in, I guess, the U.S. as opposed to Canada? Um, the U.S. I haven't gotten to tour at all yet. I only actually played one show since moving to Los Angeles, but that's just because I was in the middle of releasing an album and I needed to find the right people. But man, did I ever find the right people! And I'm so thankful to have those guys to work with. Um, but the yeah, it, it's really hype playing music in the U.S. because there are so many venues and the just the the music scene is just so much more alive it's absolutely unreal especially in the area that i live in cool like, like, awesome. and is there other places that you're you know we're hoping to plant like get to when covid hit what kind of how, how did that slow you down essentially when when covid struck yeah we had plans to just hit as many cities that were close to it like within driving distance sort of weekend style and just start spreading out from there looking at west coast tours um, and just kind of hitting as yeah as many cities as we could that were close to us and just playing as many venues as we could. Um, basically, the idea is before just doing our own tour, gain up enough uh, notoriety online, or I guess listeners online and, uh, and locally within LA to just get enough respect to get put on a tour. Sure. And I mean, I saw during the downtime, I've seen you do a lot of uh, shows online, do some acoustic stuff, things like that. It sounds like you're just staying very relevant in between, like the streaming and the Twitch. Like it sounds like you stay busy, man. How, how do you make time for everything? Uh, it's it's really hard. Um, my, the nature of my job, because I manage players from all over the world, even like internationally, um, I pretty much always have to be responding to my phone. So that can make things kind of difficult sometimes. Uh, but aside from that, it's just every day is like 10 to 12 hours of just doing either my work for C9 or writing music. I'm just always writing music. I Since COVID started, I probably have 13 or f to, to like 15 demos that I could probably finish in a studio in, a, in about a couple of hours. Um, Fantastic. You know, I, I there's a couple of days where I was just, or a couple of weeks where I just was turning out almost a song a day and... And uh, yeah, it's just I've been writing a lot, and, and it, it's hard to manage the time. But I think life—it just—it's hard to manage time in general. You just whatever you prioritize, you can make it easy on yourself. But it is just a lot of time investment. Yeah, finding that that happy medium is so hard. I know me and Joe like he's got the family and kids take up so many of his time and I'm working still luckily through this Monday to Friday but this is kind of what we love to do is, is reach out to artists the podcast is really hitting hard and taking off so yeah we appreciate you coming on man because like whenever we find somebody we're like fucking in love with we're like we've got to talk to them because their story is <laughs> probably insane and I love it like this is it you know Kala you, you stream you fucking have amazing music you, you're like right from the heart like it's all the shit i love man and actually i wanted to ask you another thing about the music you've been putting out there you just had a song just like well uh, a video retweeted by machine gun kelly there on twitter just doing some stuff but what was that like for you yeah, yeah that was pretty interesting That's i um pretty. i love him so much and i want to do a song with him one day so badly um but uh yeah he released bloody valentine and i, I don't know it just kind of I, I fucked with it super hard because it's just he's doing what I am you know, like how do I word this what he's doing with his music is is how I feel about my music like you watch any of his videos right now he's just so happy and he just feels so in his element and I don't know I've just been getting those feelings too from music over the past like year since I've just been focusing so much on just wanting to write music for myself and I don't know it's just I was really vibing with him and then he drops this song and I loved the song it's just like super OG Blink-182 sounded so good and I just yeah I took my guitar to the park and just figured out the chords real fast and then just covered it at the park played through a few times and I'm like I'm gonna film this and put it on Twitter and I did and then my girlfriend and I went skateboarding downtown later and I was like oh sweet Machine Gun Kelly retweeted me and then my phone blew up no doubt man that's sick <laughs> 
that's that's unreal to hear like just a matter of i guess the internet right you never know what's going to happen yeah. it's about all you can do is ask somebody or reach out and do a cover and boom, like people get a hold of you and if that isn't a good way to you know stay relevant and get your name out there i don't know what is yeah i go ahead man i just uh i don't have shame of doing covers and stuff like that i love doing covers i think doing covers is such a fantastic way to build your fan base as well there's some bands out there that have just pretty much exclusively built their fan bases off of covers and while right. that's not really something i want to do because i want to put more time into writing my own music i i don't know some songs just get me and i just got to do it yeah I, i'm personally so, never opposed so uh, to a cover uh that's just done differently when somebody puts their own spin on it for sure and that's what i like to hear Absolutely. And I was just going to ask Kala if um, during like a little backtrack to COVID a little bit, and you've been saying you wrote about 13, 15 songs, is this kind of like this sort of pandemic, has it caused like an urgency in your writing or you're just like, well, fuck, I've got nothing else to do. I'm going to, you know, sound like you stay pretty busy aside from music as well. Um, I think it has increased in productivity for me just because I maybe not I don't feel a sense of urgency I just feel a sense of necessity if I don't stay in a regular motion of writing songs while on quarantine I will go insane and I know that so I did my best to set up a little temporary studio here in Canada and went out and got some gear that I needed and um and I knew I was going to be here for a long while so I brought my axe effects up with me from LA just to make sure I had it up here I, uh, yeah, I just knew that if I wasn't making music, I would probably go insane. So I just want to make sure I'm constantly doing it. Definitely. And, and hearing that, you said, like, uh, you and your girlfriend staying busy. Like, how does she fit in all this here? Uh, do you make time for the, the lovely lady there? I can only imagine all the stuff you're doing that um, this has been probably difficult to stay connected with some of the relationships that really matter. Um. Yeah, like... <sighs> We started long distance and in the beginning, so we kind of, and we talked very early on about uh, putting a lot of time into some s certain things in our lives that we want to see succeed. Like for me, it was streaming and esports management and, um, and music. So I was just very honest with her from the get-go about how much time I need to be putting into those sorts of things in order to find any success in them. And she understood very well and she has a bunch of things you know that she works on too so we both just respect that we want to put in so much time into these other things in our lives and and uh so we don't like there's no animosity built up when we can't do things with each other every day and stuff um it's just yeah it's absolutely wonderful living with her and just being with her it's like the best thing in the world even if we just get like an hour somewhere, it's it's more than enough for us because we just get that dedicated hour together and it's just so wonderful every time. Right on. Like if anybody's listening who hears this, boundaries, communication, and just being honest, hell yeah, relationship 101 right there. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Well, I'm going to spin this here a different way. I'm sort of going backwards with it. Now I want to talk about albums you've released here moving forward so the first one here was your ep compass i have yet to hear that one i don't know anything about that one <laughs> um what about like the braver the ep you've released that one there uh is fucking phenomenal uh is is there any way somebody could hear compass yeah so i've got compass on spotify and it should be on pretty much every streaming platform it's on youtube as well um and my band camp. It, it's basically everywhere. Okay, I'm a um, Google Play guy, and it wasn't there for me, so... It's so, not on there? I, I couldn't find Google, it. Yeah. Google Play sucks. <laughs> it takes a while. Sometimes it doesn't have shit. Uh, yeah. I'll have to have a look at that. Okay, well, that's good. We're figuring stuff out. But, yeah, that was in 2000, well, 2016, and then you quickly followed up with Braver in 2017. Um, did you have, like, a full band for that? Like, uh, But then you guys separated. I, I wasn't sure. I couldn't find much info regarding on... The, the switch because it sounded like you know when nothing makes me happy anymore came out you had kind of thought about hey maybe maybe taking a break from it for a little while if i'm correct yeah so um the band started with myself and another guy named adam gabert and he kind of went to school for audio engineering and he knew his way around digital audio workstations and all that jazz and uh he's a good bass player and a and a pretty good songwriter and 
And I, at the time, was a songwriter and vocalist. And yeah, we got together, we discussed vision, yada, yada, yada. And then we found a guitar player that, um, yeah, he, he shredded. He was super good, but he couldn't write a song to save his life. Um, so, like, I, he would literally sit down with me and I would kind of guide him through how he should write parts. And that's basically how Compass and Braver were written. Um, we just, like, all worked together, wrote those songs. And, um, after braver had released and we played some shows together uh there was this like it would start to get really awkward because i would write songs like start to finish templates of songs you know just like transitions how the drums would be in certain parts um the chords and chord changes etc and some riffing and i would give it to the guitar player at the time joel and uh sometimes he just like wouldn't work on it or you know just like kind of would dis disregard it and, and not really pay attention to it and just have his own stuff so there's obviously like a you know difference in opinion and then he ended up quitting the band and then adam also quit the band and um i did a lot of the songwriting so i wasn't too concerned i just found some replacements we kept playing songs together or sorry we kept playing shows with this new band and uh yeah and basically after we had played some shows got to know each other quite well we separate or i basically said look guys um your writing direction is different from what i want to take like from where i want to take kitsune because uh, i was the only original member of the band at that point and um I, and i said like i'm sorry but i have to move and also like i'm just going to do this on my own so i moved to well i i hadn't moved at that point but i knew i was going to move but um so basically i just turned kitsune into a solo project and then I hunkered down. I wrote like 13 or 14 demos and took them to the producer, Jordan, and just did the album myself. I did all the guitars and bass and vocals. And 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 then once I had nothing makes me happy anymore, I started reaching out to people who I knew in the L.A. music scene. And I found my guitar player from one of Jesse Cash's Instagram posts he like retweeted this random ass guitar player who learned one of his solos jesse cash is the guitar player from era or, or ghost atlas if you listen to them and um yeah and he was just he retweeted some kid who played one of his solos and i just reached out to that kid on instagram i said hey i see you're from the la area are you interested in my music and i sent it to him and he was interested and then i had another guy and then they had a drummer and they all had a jam space because they went to the musicians institute of hollywood and the, yeah we just got together and it fucking worked out so well and now we're writing songs together remotely where it's just the process that i always wanted i'll write the song start to finish like the template and then i'll give it to uh cameron and he'll just send me back like my chords but as riffs and he'll just like he'll play leads on the song and he'll just like riff the whole thing and he'll be like use what you want and and cut the out like everything else and i just get so much artistic freedom with this group and and they're just so awesome and so supportive and they just love everything that i'm writing and it's it's like the best group ever and they just they're such kick-ass musicians holy crap that's amazing. they're so good that's what i hear from honestly joey tells me he does a lot of remote stuff joey i'm sure you could touch on this how integral it has been and how amazing it is to find some of the people that are just there for your creative outlet and, and it works so well with well yeah i i mean that's crazy like my guys are all all over the world like jeff as you know but kala doesn't he, he lives in finland um we met on twitter somehow i don't even remember how he's like i make music i was like hey yeah cool me too maybe we should try something sometime you know I've, i'm in like three different projects with him and i've got a drummer in wales and a bass player in virginia so it's, it's pretty crazy yeah. it is it's integral absolutely like you said it's a it's a never-ending well of inspiration because these guys are so freaking talented and then I hear it and I'm like well now I have to really actually try to be halfway good to even be able to fucking hang with them at all you know? <laughs> so, in, that, in that way just them existing pushes me to be a better <laughs> a better person I guess <laughs> and then Kala with, with you the, the things you're talking about the vision and, and making these necessary changes when you look back onto even braver and even uh, nothing makes me happy anymore is there anything that maybe you would have done differently already thinking you know moving forward um yeah like even with braver i wanted to 
do more than just what we were doing. Kind of, we fell into this hole of um, writing a specific style of music, and I never want to do that. I always want to just write from my heart, and just if it turns out to be a pop song, it's a pop song. If it turns out to be, you know, just like a drum and bass song or a rap song, then then so be it. Like I I hate the idea of genre limitations on music. Um, spoiler alert to any of my fans listening that means music in the future is gonna blend a little bit so that's okay right I, yeah I think that's a lot of people really benefit when they expand their horizons open their mind and, and just reach out because it sounds like you might have some you know hip-hop influence stuff like that too you've talked about music in there like machine gun kelly and i'm curious as to know what other influences you might have yeah i would say my biggest influences right now are um what would I say? My biggest influences are probably Sully, S-U-L-L-I-I. It's a small kind of, uh, I guess, I don't even know what you would call it, just an indie artist from the UK. Smaller, sorry, he's not like a, yeah, he doesn't have like a massive following or anything like that, but he's just makes such amazing music. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of Machine Gun Kelly, a lot of just all of the stuff that Travis Barker's been doing. You know, I'm just diving back into my childhood and listening to a lot of older pop punk, you know, some Blank 182, stuff like that. Um, and Nothing Nowhere is an artist I've been listening to a lot uh, of. Yeah, I fucking love Nothing Nowhere, so that's cool. I was actually going to ask if you listened to them. So yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so just kind of breaking out of just that metalcore-y, post-hardcore-y uh, hole that I had put myself in because I just I d- never want to be stuck writing a specific style of music. That would be the worst feeling in the world. Like, I, I, I've been struggling with that a lot lately, just thinking that my listeners will just shit on me if I release a song that's a different style. But it turns out and, they and, don't. And what would yeah? What would you do if somebody were to do that? I mean, it sounds like the music's about you, right? Taking control, and you have told us here tonight that shit. It's it's a lifesaver for you. But also, you know, it sounds like there can be a lot of negativity and criticism that you do have to deal with. Yeah. Um, like, I, I just don't really pay much mind to it. Um, I don't take criticism super negatively. I understand, like, if somebody is just going to shit on my music and say it's garbage, like, it, it obviously doesn't mean anything because they're just they're saying it to make themselves feel better about themselves like that that's the only reason why they would do it like nobody goes out of their way to shit on another person unless they feel bad themselves that's just how it is so i don't really put a whole lot of value on those sort of opinions but if somebody has valid criticism about my music uh i do try to listen you know sometimes i've heard stuff like your vocals need to be louder in mixes or like you know this part could have used this and stuff like that that's the stuff that i actually listen to because it's productive you know without a doubt like me and joe try and review music every friday like i said try <laughs> it's just different because uh we have a lot of stuff that not you know not necessarily i will listen to and you know some stuff joey's not going to listen to but we try and keep it as positive and as constructive as we we can because it's people's art they're taking the time and effort to get this out there and broadening those horizons to hear what people got to offer is so cool so i'm jacked to hear that you got some stuff in the the woodwork that might be a little different than than what you've previously done i've been sitting on some stuff that is just so wildly different i'm still terrified to release it like i've had a song done for probably three months now that i just wanted to drop and i just i won't i don't know why i can't i'm going to but geez it's a hard decision oh well you will brother Will. Yeah. It's going to be fucking hype. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> cool. That's awesome. So, what's what's the hold up with that? Like is it like can you give us a little teaser as to why it hasn't been out or No, it's just like I said so different from my other stuff and um I don't know. I listened to the two last songs I've released Dear Mom and Grief and um I yeah. want to I want to the next song I want to put out is more along the lines with maybe something that could have been on Nothing Makes Me Happy anymore. Just like, you know, more full band, guitar riffing, like heavier song. I want to release something like that and then I'm going to drop the song that just sounds nothing like anything I've done so far. And just 
roll with the punches, see what happens. Yeah, you know, give them a little taste of what they, you know, came for before, and then keep them in with the new song, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, awesome, man, because, like, you talk about, like, the vision and, and the Kitsune brand a, a little bit, and is there, you know, your influence, does it come from, like, from what I've seen, like, a lot of, you know, Japanese-inspired, like, things like that, like, what, what's your artistic vision, man? Yeah, I... <sighs> I have been super inspired by Japanese folklore, Japan in general, um, so many different anime. Like, I I don't know, it's just the digital world <laughs> inspires me so much. I know it's crazy, but, you know, I grew up playing so many different MMOs, so so many games inspire me. Like, I don't know, my artistic vision is just, I want to be able to, I don't even know how to explain it, man. I just... I have a certain style of music that I like, you know, maybe edgy, a little bit heavier, but I just don't want to be limited to only writing that style. I want to be able to explore other things, but still keep that flavor. And I think the flavor that I have is that early to mid 2000s post-hardcore metalcore. And I want to like involve that in everything that I make. Cool. I love that. I love keeping that, you know, what was really important to you alive. Cause I know me and Joey, we, we often talk about how important it is to listen to, really, like, for us, music from high school, man. Like, the, the 1999, <laughs> 2000 shit. When I look at my playlist, I'm like, god damn, that's, that's a lot of new metal slash post-hardcore slash whatever, but I love it. And, and I just want people to still continue to, you know, mix the old with the new or something like that. That's me. That's what I'm going <laughs> to do. That's right. There we go. Perfect. Perfect. You're a godsend, Kala. And now we're hey. doing now we're doing God's work. We'll get it to the masses. <laughs> yes, like I said, soon to be Canadian legend, goddammit. Sure. Thanks for saying that. <laughs> Put it out in the universe. That's right. Yeah, it's there. it's up there now. So. <laughs> exactly, man. Were you in Japan not too long ago? Did I see a post back in the day that you were there? Yeah, I've been to Japan a few times. I just I feel drawn there. I there's something about that country that just I don't know. It's special. Very special. One day I want to live there. And I just love the people and I love the culture. And yeah, um, I, w- I wrote Most of Nothing Makes Me Happy Anymore in Japan. And right. yeah, I was also there last November. Or sorry, this. I was just there in February. Cool. What brings I was you in there? Japan just before COVID. Okay, so you were just out there just before things went off the rails, eh? Yeah, that's that's basically why I uh, that's kind of why I'm in Canada right now because I was in Japan and uh, we saw kind of things that were happening and I saw online that the U.S. just wasn't taking it seriously at all. So as soon as we got back from Japan, we're like, let's go to Canada for a bit because I'm pretty sure the U.S. is about to get you know screwed. And yeah, sure enough, all this happened and now I'm stuck in Canada because not really allowed to cross a border. But I'm gonna try on the 29th. I'm gonna try to go home. Yeah, how's that? Like, how is that? Like, is it a like essential type thing? You can kind of... Is there a loophole that you're trying to work on? Yeah, I called the border and they're like, yeah, it's not as locked down as the media says. Okay. If you show up here and you have a visa and you're legally allowed to work in the country and you have residents in the country, we're gonna let you in. So I'm like, okay, sweet. I want to go back home then. <laughs> right on. Cool, man. So, um, out of those, like, what, what do you really call home? You know, are you a guy who can go anywhere and make the best out of that situation. I, uh, it's corny. I call home wherever Emily is. That's not fiance. corny at all, man. Not corny at all. Honestly, like, it's just wherever we are, that's where it is. But, like, so right now it's L.A. L.A. is where we have to be right now uh, for work, and just it's the best for music as well. So that's home. And while I would like to call Kelowna home, I don't want to lie to myself. I can't make Kelowna home if I want to take music and I want to take esports seriously um, it's just too hard like yeah you can do so much stuff online with music but at the end of the day in western Canada you have to drive like 6 to 8 hours to get to yeah, any reasonable show yeah, exactly. yeah, like, Kelowna has no music scene I've played probably like 50 shows here like I, you know I've kind of burnt out Kelowna Vancouver is 4 hours away and it's got a limited scene like then you gotta go to Calgary and it's like and yeah, there's just not enough shows here. Saskatchewan, because everybody knows. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> no, man, that's, that's wild to hear. You've done a lot and continue to do a lot. 
it sounds like. And um, when you're in the States, what's the next step if you get there on the, at the end of the month? Where are you, where are you going to next, moving forward? Um, like when I, when I get back to the U.S., my work is still on mandatory work from home, so I won't be going in at all. But um, I'll just be focusing on my physical health, just as much running as I possibly can do. I'm going to kind of build up my studio there because I have most of my equipment. And then I'm just going to work on really banging out sweet, fully produced live shows on my Twitch channel. I just want to really step it up with music um, on my Twitch channel. I have so many things that I'm working on right now that I'm just so excited to unveil. Right on. And, and, you know, we're getting back to the Twitch stuff. How how difficult was that to sort of maybe get people on board or tell people, hey, that's what you do? Because when I hear that, I'm just fascinated. I'm not, like, old enough to think, oh, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Whereas, you know, some people uh, that I know would be like, what are people doing? Wasting their time with this. But this is the wave, like, that we're riding. People do this. That, was there any, I guess not resentment but sort of pushback from the family to go that route uh my family didn't and still doesn't really understand anything i do like literally nothing they have no idea how i can eat like despite me explaining it like they just for some reason just don't understand um and yeah so i'm kind of stuck there with them but you know with some of my close friends they they understood and um yeah, they, they get it, but you know, if I if I tried to explain to my grandma or something like that, it's just zero percent chance. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's just no clue. That's wild. And how does a person eat with esports? E- e- like, you got the sponsors. Like, like what keeps you alive and well, brother? Yeah, that's it's pretty much how the esports ecosystem works. We, as an organization, have teams, and those teams have certain brand power or exposure value or whatever you want to call it um influence power and sponsors want to get involved and sponsors pay the org org pays the players and yeah sponsors pays for staff as well obviously um that's basically just the way through investors and or sorry through sponsors and then you also have revenue stream from investors and tournament winnings and stuff like that that's awesome that's super cool hopefully you have a super um, and hopefully you can say it if it's true. Um, so music-wise, again, uh, there's a post out there. You know, Kellen Quinn was looking to work with people. Are you working with him in the near future? Possibly, maybe, sort of, kind of? Yeah. Um, we haven't done a song yet, but I talk to him probably three or four times a week. And I have since since our phone call a couple months ago. But, um, you know, with COVID and everything like that, it's really put a halt on what we had originally planned because he was going to fly me to his studio in Oregon and we were just going to sit there for a week and and write as much as we could and yeah so we're not able to do that right now obviously but um we're he's just finishing up an EP right now and then he said to me I think this was yesterday or the day before that once that EP's done he wants to go full steam ahead on working with me on some songs that's awesome man because yeah definitely big influence for, for me big fan of Sleeping With Sirens and I know I think he was working with Eliza Grace as well doing something with her like, like, and I love her voice man so I'm always just like excited when artists I love just end up working with other artists and just making making beautiful babies together in music <laughs> <laughs> So cool. Yeah, I'm, I really hope that one um, works out the way that I had originally envisioned because I think it could it could be fantastic. Honestly, Kellen has already had an impact on my music. Just the advice he's given me and the things he's said, like the feedback he's given me about my demos, it's kind of changed the way that I've looked at music even for myself because he's very blunt and very honest with his feedback and it's definitely appreciated. Perfect. Is there something you could tell us that he said that really impacted you? If you could say one thing. One thing that you can tell us all that might influence up-and-coming artists that he's told you, what would that be? Yeah, basically that I need to stop trying to worry about what I'm going to sound like and and what I want to sound like and worry more about just every single note I'm laying down and just the, the uh, 
don't lose sight of what you're doing artistically just because you're trying to create something specific. And that something specific has already been heard by other people, and it's not going to catch them as well as the original thing that may have inspired you did. So you just like don't lose sight of that artistic flavor that you have and lock in on what it is and try to use that as a driving force for writing your music. Now it's a little vague, but yeah, it, it's... I don't know, it's it's really impacted me over the past few months with my demo writing. Awesome, that's great to hear. And like what I'm hearing, a lot of, of this just kind of summarizing for me was just the excitement moving forward, whether that be with you know the Twitch stuff you're doing, with like gaming, with music, there's a lot on, on the forefront for you, and you are going to be crushing it, man. It's going to be exciting once you cross that border, get into the US of A and do your thing, brother. <laughs> I'm excited, dude. That's cool, man. That's cool. And can I ask you about your tattoos? I like like checking those out. I saw obviously the the Kitsune like mask on the front on your your hand there. What else you got working up there for your sleeve there? Yeah, I've got um, it goes into I, I've just got my right arm tattooed so up to my shoulder and it goes into a another Japanese style sleeve or well, I guess another as in my hand tattoo and my arm tattoos all from the same artist same style. Um, and I have a fish, and it's biting onto the tail of a snake that is being pulled out of water by an owl. And then there's just like some, um, you know, just some filler stuff like water and wind cuts and acorns and a tree and the moon and stuff like that. And uh, tattoos basically just about my childhood. My all of my family members, literally everybody, including my mom and dad, were just crippling alcoholics and addicted to a bunch of different drugs and I kind of just had to witness it growing up and uh yeah one day they just they quit completely just like at the drop of a hat and completely changed around their lives and they said it was divine influence whatever that means and um I believed them so I got this tattoo so my family is the fish and the the Vices are the snake, and the divine influences the owl, because, yeah, they they're going after the snake, thinking it's just food, thinking it's just fine for them, but it's actually going to kill them. Thanks for telling us that story. Right? Yeah. yeah, just awesome. open it up and let us know what's going on in your life and how it's shaped your music today and how it's shaped you moving forward, man. I can't say you know enough how how awesome it's been to just have you take your time out and chat with us knuckleheads over here. <laughs> <laughs> But before I let you go, I gotta do up something. Joey knows what's going up next. We got oh, the old quick one. hits! Quick hits! Quick hits is our segment. It's a beautiful segment. I just love it. It's basically a random questions, more or less yes or no questions. And I don't want you to think about it. I don't want you to put a lot of thought into these. Just more or less yes or no or quick answers. Okay, brother? This is gonna be fun. Okay. Okay. So quick hits: Red Bull versus G Fuel. Ha! Red Bull sponsored, oh, by the way. Oh, perfect, man! Big roller. <laughs> BC or LA? LA. Canada or USA? Canada. That a boy! <laughs> Is a hot dog a sandwich? <laughs> no. Fuck. Uh, World of Warcraft <laughs> or RuneScape? Look, Tarogar! Is that World of Warcraft? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that game. <laughs> I had to Google this stuff. <laughs> uh, if you could only be one professional streamer or successful musician? Musician. Is poutine overrated? Not at all. What the hell? Hey, I know some people who said that. Not me, not me. Who said that? Um, a wrestler from Sweden. Okay. Whatever. Norman Harris. He doesn't know shit. <laughs> Yikes. If you could tour with two bands, who would they be? Uh, Nothing Nowhere and Era. Nice. And what is the worst trash talk anyone has ever said to you while streaming? Or gaming online? I think just any number of expletives. Okay, cool. What's your favorite swear word? Fuck. Perfect. <laughs> what would you say to parents or people who don't see streaming as a legit profession? Uh, take literally five minutes and look it up. Perfect. Sleeping with sirens or bring me the horizon? Sleeping with sirens. Uh, Windows, PC, or iOS, Mac? Ah, oh, Windows the whole way, baby. Yeah, you're nerds like that, whatever. <laughs> Canadian money or fancy colorful money versus bland American bills? 
we can literally wash ours in the dryer or like in the washing machine that's right they come back and plus you don't make the mistakes of giving like the wrong one to the strippers that's what i yep. have found and <laughs> will you tour Saskatchewan and skip Alberta and Manitoba just for us like everybody else seems to do? <laughs> Absolutely not, brother. <laughs> will you come back on after you blow up and, and, and get super famous and make millions of dollars so you can put us on the map? Yeah. Awesome. Nice. And this is recorded, so hell yeah. That is recorded, we'll yeah. We'll play it over I and mean... over. <laughs> so just, now's the just time. memory. <laughs> <laughs> now just plug away whatever you can do or we can do to have people support you where do we go to give you our hard-earned money sir oh nice um I mean, i've got a website that has pretty much all of my music um and some shirts and stuff like that which i'll begin shipping at the end of this month but it's just kitsuneband.com if you want to listen to my music it's pretty much available everywhere uh i personally use spotify so that's yeah that's what i would i guess recommend i have a twitch channel where i haven't been streaming as much lately, but when I get back to my streaming PC, I'll be doing that, and that's just twitch.tv slash K-A-L-A. Uh, Twitter, same thing, K-A-L-A. And yeah, thanks for having me, dudes. Awesome. Thank you for coming on, man. We appreciate it a lot. It was Love fascinating it. to hear your story and everything about it. It was awesome. <laughs> Without a doubt. There's so much ups and downs, like, you know, from, from just growing up in Kelowna, you know, growing up with the family situations. I know myself, family stuff resonates. I work with individuals who've struggled and like uh kids especially that are you know struggling and i know how important music is to a lot of them and myself so it's really cool that it's just they're been there for you as well yeah man for sure it changed everything oh yeah keep changing it man make it big we're pulling for you and we, we know it'll happen it'll happen you yes. here first that's gonna happen <laughs> that's right Thanks, guys. Awesome, man. Cool. Have a good night and kick some ass, and God help you crossing that border at the end of the month. Good luck, dude. Good Hell luck. yeah, dudes. Thank you. I appreciate you both. Oh, yeah, because you, you got my shirts to ship out after. <laughs> hey, <laughs> let's go. Thank you, man. <laughs> right on, man. Later. Take care. Take care, dude. Bye. That was sick. Perfect. I'm stopping that recording right now. We'll see if this worked. I know it worked. It's gorgeous.